When I started this, I thought it was one message. It's ended up to be four, and I've learned a lot. How many of you know when you teach, you learn? Uh, you know, because God puts you in a position where you're hearing from him about something. And uh, I want to pray for you tonight that whatever you have need of, whatever you came here seeking from the Lord, you will find. Amen? The Bible says that when you seek God with all your heart, when you search for him with all your heart, that he will be found. He will be found by you. And so I believe that for you tonight. Father, I thank you for every person here. I thank you for the word of God that is in our hearts. We thank you that it, it never returns void, the word that you've put on the inside of every person here. And I thank you that whatever that is tonight, whatever that promise is, whatever that thing is that they're believing God for, whatever it is, Lord, that they need an answer for, whatever they came here looking for, they will find tonight in you, in Jesus because you are the author and the finisher of our faith. You are our total provision in this house. And we give you all the praise and honor and glory. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Well, you can open your Bibles to uh, 1 Corinthians 15. And uh, Elizabeth, you said in your end of your offering message, uh, everything is subject to change. Everybody say temporary. 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 And tonight the message is victory in the temporary. And uh, I would just like to share with you that uh, what you're going through may not seem temporary. <laughs> Hallelujah. And God's definition of temporary is not always what we think of as temporary. Uh, I looked up the, the word temporary, and it uh, says momentary, brief, and fleeting. <laughs> well, I haven't always found that to be true uh, in the circumstances that I face, but I know this. The word of God is true. Everybody say the word of God is truth. And, and when we put our foundation on the word of God, then everything that we have need of, this word secures for us because Jesus paid the price for this word to work. Turn to your neighbor and say, the word's working in my life. Because it's a promise from God, not because of you, because of the word. And this is what it says in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty seven. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory... Through our Lord Jesus Christ, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I was talking with someone today, and, and sometimes circumstances last a long time. But in those circumstances, in those situations, we have to continually remember this is temporary, and it is subject to change. We can never let that thought go out of our heart, out of our mind, because the minute we do, the enemy will be there to bring every evil thought, every evil word that will cause us to stumble in our faith. How many of you know people who gave up, who, you know, it, it was just, it, the temporary lasted too long. And uh, not that we're not tempted to do that, but the word of God promises us we have the victory. Everybody say, I win. I win. I love that song, We Win. I, I start singing, I win, by the end of it, because I'm determined that it's going to apply to me. Amen? And sometimes, you know, we just continue to see the opposite of what we're believing. But the Bible says we win because of the covenant that we have with Jesus. That scripture follows, oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, hell, where is your victory? Why is that? Because what Jesus did, what we just celebrated in communion, because of that, we can stand on this. Thanks be to God who gives me the victory through my Lord Jesus Christ. 
I always make it personal to myself. If you want to quote the word, that's a good way to quote it. Quote it as a personal word to you. In John 16, and if you'd put that up for me, Sandy, this is the Amplified. This is a promise from Jesus. Um, do you have the Amplified there? Okay. I have told you these things. He's speaking of, of the things he's told the, the disciples and, and the others that are hearing him. I've told, told you these things so that you in me may have perfect peace and confidence. Isn't that a great way to live? All the word of God, everything that Jesus spoke, he did, he says, so that we would have perfect peace and confidence. In the world, you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. How many of you experienced any of the, the above? Yeah? I got the right crowd. But be of good cheer. Everybody say, be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident, certain, undaunted, for I have overcome the world. And listen to this. I have deprived it. He has deprived the world of its power to harm you and have con- has conquered it for you. Isn't that good news? Now, that's, that's why we celebrate communion. He says, do it in remembrance of me. I love that. And I, I had not seen that till I was reading in the, the book I'm reading this year on confidence. And uh, Joyce Meyer always uses the Amplified. She's a woman, hallelujah. And women like lots of words. And so the Amplified we can get. But I love it because I don't have to go to the dictionary to look up things. I can look right there and the words are right there for me. And he says, you, in that tribulation, trials, distress, and frustration, that we can take courage, be confident, certain, and undaunted, for he overcame the world. Everybody say, everybody say this. He overcame, he overcame. the temporary. I want to show you this. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Now, you know, again, I'm I'm talking about your circumstances, my circumstances, the things we face. But I I want to give you the bigger picture here. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 through 18, this is what the word of God says. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Turn to your neighbor and say, I am not giving up. This is a word for a lot of you here tonight. Do not give up. Julia, if you give up, then you will be overcome. And Jesus said, you are not overcome. Amen. And this is what it says. Even though our outward man is perishing. How many of you ever thought I'm a, I'm a goner. (laughs) I'm a goner. Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. How does that happen? For our light affliction. Now, some of you are saying this isn't very light. Now, let me just quickly say here, this is not sickness, disease, financial poverty. That's not a light affliction. That's the devil working in your life. The light affliction is standing for the things God has promised us with the word of God. Like Paul said, I'm fighting the fight of faith. I'm holding on to what God said. And this is what your light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and internal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are, what are they? And what did Jesus overcome? The temporary. Amen. Now, this is very important. We're, we're talking about what he did. And in a minute, we'll talk about you. But it says, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. You know what that means? Every promise in here is for sure. I mean, it's going to happen. It, it, you can't see it. You can read about it. But the fact is, what God says is eternal. His word will never be changed. His word does not return void. And it says heaven and earth will pass away, but my 
word will remain. So, you know, this is, this is a truth. So what, what this message when God began to speak to me was, you know, a lot of times people are saying, you know, as soon as I get through this, I'm going to be, I'm going to be okay. You know, I can have victory when I get on the other side of this temporary situation. Everybody say that's a lie. And, and this is what I heard today, and I'm sure somebody said something like this, but it says, this is what I heard. Our temporary is a platform for his extraordinary to be revealed. Amen. Now, everything in life is temporary. I can promise you that. You know, and now that I've gotten to this age, I don't know what else is temporary, but I look at my mother and daddy at 91 and 88 still going strong, you know. You know, but they've been through a lot of things in their life. They went through the depression. I mean, my goodness, I, I had an outhouse for the first five years of my life. Now, I'm old, you know. I mean, in age, not in my heart. But I'm just telling you, that was temporary. Thank God. Amen? Uh, things, things have changed incredibly in the last five years. I'm still trying to figure out the phone I've got now, and they've already got another one that goes beyond that. Our copier went kaputs, and there's a new one back there. It's beautiful, but I have no clue how to run the thing. I'm going to have to have an instruction on how to do it. Everybody say temporary. temporary. See, the world just keeps changing and changing and changing. Have you ever heard, uh, you know, I used to play the organ in the church and, and play hymns. You know, if, if that doesn't happen in the church I'm in now. I mean, things keep changing and changing. Everybody say it's temporary. It's temporary. Now, if your victory is not going to be in the temporary, then you are in trouble. So whatever situation you're in today, I can tell you, Jesus will show you how to get the victory in your temporary. Amen? And this is really important because this is why we don't have joy. This is why we give up. This is why we throw in the towel. Because we think, well, you know, it'll get fixed someday. Now I'm just going to... I'm going to live this mediocre life until this temporary passes. I'm telling you, there'll be another temporary right after this one. So what we need to do is learn to have the victory in the temporary. Now, as I was looking at this, it, it, you know, in Jesus, it says he, he really, he came for a, a temporary assignment. And as soon as it, was, as it was over, he lived in the eternal forever. But it says that we're, in Hebrews chapter 12, we, we are supposed to look to Jesus. We're supposed to fix our eyes on Jesus. This is how you go through the temporary in victory, is to keep your focus on Jesus. Keep your focus on the word of God. Keep your focus on the fact that there are going to be things that happen that you are not going to like to do. You're not going to like to go through. But this is temporary. It's subject to change. Pregnancy is temporary. And all the women said... Hallelujah. How many of you at nine months wanted to say, oh, I could go on forever? Did you think that? No, there was an ending. God has promised us that we are going from glory to glory. But I can guarantee you that's from in the earth, in the earth, temporary to temporary. But spiritually, it's going from eternal to eternal. Because it says the temporary is working a far greater exceeding reward on the inside of us. And how many of you can say those temporaries really taught me some things? I can tell you this. Those temporaries I've been through, some of them I would have canceled if I were God. But I went through them, 
And I came out the other side believing God was greater than I believed he was before I started. And that is victory. Amen? That's the greatest victory of all. So when we think of that, we need to keep our focus on Jesus. Now, uh, years ago, I, God showed me the scripture, and I felt like this at the time. It's in 2 Corinthians 4, 8. Just go up the page or wherever you're at. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. Everybody say it's temporary. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. See, if you thought when you got saved that you were just going to be in a place where nothing ever happened. That is not the world you live in. You're not of it, but you're in it. And death and destruction are in the earth because of what Adam and Eve did. Jesus made a way for us where there is no way. But in the earth, there is still destruction. The only way of escape is Jesus Christ. The only way to escape it and walk above it is to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The earth and the world has not changed because Jesus came. What changed was an opportunity to choose the victor, to choose Jesus. And when we choose Jesus, then we enter into the victory. And then we begin to walk in that knowledge. So it goes on and says, always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. That means we act like Christians. That's simple, but that's what that means. Because in the world, nothing changed. You got saved, I got saved. Wasn't it glorious? And then you left church and all the things were still there because the world didn't change, but you changed. But what we're talking about here is the land of milk and honey and possessing what God has given us. And it is a victory in the temporary day after day after day in every arena of our life, whether it's financial, whether it's believing for a new house, whether it's believing God that you're going to get through VBI, whatever it is, you are going from glory to glory, but those are temporary situations. Everybody say temporary. When I went through divorce, I did not see that as temporary. How many of you know there's circumstances that are not, they don't seem temporary. Some of those things, I still walk out today, but in the, the whole picture, they're temporary because one day I'll leave here and then I'll live eternally. And when I get there, then it'll be worship and praise. Amen. There aren't any demons in heaven. Everybody say, thank God. You know, they live somewhere else and I'm not going there and neither are you. Amen. We are, we have escaped that. But in this earth, everybody say in this earth, we are going to have to fight a fight of faith. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is spoken, it, it says, so death is working in us, but life in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe, and therefore we speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause a thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Now, you know, this is Paul speaking. It's Paul and Timothy. They have not been in such a good situation. They, in the very beginning, in chapter one, they talk about it. And they talk about how, uh, you know, the, the things that they went through were, it says, um, let me see if I can find, I read it in my other translation. But it talks about how, uh, for out of much affliction and anguish of heart, I wrote to you. 
with many tears. He went through a lot of things. Everybody say, Paul went through a lot of things. But when he wrote this, he's saying, even though I went through all those things, he says, now listen, this was my momentary light affliction. How many of you know he was shipwrecked? He spent time in jail. I wouldn't call that momentary light affliction. It says they were beaten in that jail. There are things that are happening in our lives that if we do not get in our head a revelation from our heart that we are in the land of milk and honey, and this temporary thing is something I'm about to possess, I am going to get the victory in this situation. Now, this is, I know, I know you may be sitting here tonight and say, you just don't know my situation. I don't, but I know Jesus. I know the word of God, and the word of God says we will get the victory. We will get the victory. And uh, as, as I was reading this, it takes me back to, if you'll turn just back one chapter, 2 Corinthians 3. I love this part of scripture because it talks about the new covenant. It talks about what happened and the difference between the law of the old covenant and the new covenant we're in. Everybody say, because of Jesus. And so if you'll look with me, uh, Paul's, Paul's speaking here, and he's talking about the fact that, that the, the situation they're in, they're kind of defending themselves against what people have spoken against them. And uh, this is what he says. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves, verse 5, to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. To have the victory in your temporary, you have to recognize your sufficiency is in God and not in your ability, not in somebody else's ability, not in the situation, but in who you serve. So he says, our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. Everybody say new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives. Gives what? Gives life. What did Jesus say? I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. But if the ministry of death written and engraved on stones was glorious so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away, how will the ministry of the spirit not be more glorious? Everybody say more glorious. Now, what happens when you have the victory in the temporary is that God is glorified. I better say that again. When you get the victory... In the temporary, God is glorified because your sufficiency is not of yourself. When you're in that situation that you don't want to be in, the sufficiency that you need to have the victory is from him. And when your sufficiency is from him, he then is glorified. How many of you have sung that song, be glorified, be glorified, and then you hit a snag? And you think, well, I don't, I don't want to be in this. You're not singing, be glorified. But that's what we should be singing. Because in the midst of every situation that's temporary, God is about to be glorified. When we think like that, we have an opportunity to go that direction. When we think this is the end, then that's the path that we begin to take. Because the word of God is true. Now, why is the ministry or the glory of the, of the new covenant greater than the old it goes on and it says, because the old covenant was a covenant, which Pastor John said when he gave the, the message for the communion, it was a covenant of law. And in that law, you could not see or talk to God yourself. In the new covenant, 
because of Jesus, it goes on and says in the scripture, it talks about how the veil was lifted, the veil was rent. That's old covenant language. Because in the old covenant, there was this place called the Holy of Holies. And the only person who could go in there was the priest. Everybody say the priest. But we have been made kings and priest, it says in the word of God. Why does it say that? Because we have the ability to go into his presence. We have a relationship. Everybody say relationship. So in that relationship, it says the glory of that is much greater than the glory of the law. What does that mean? It means that your life has a greater ability to give glory to God than anything that was in the old covenant that happened. That's why it says that he will be glorified in us, in our lives. How many of you thought about your life and thought there's not a whole lot of glory going to God in this situation? But if we live our life, if we live our life as though we have the victory in the temporary, that just simply means we have victory over any circumstance we face. I will win. Turn to somebody and say, I will win. Now, you know, it may not be the way I thought, but I will win because the word of God says I win. I win in every circumstance. It, this is what it says in verse uh, 9 of chapter 2. If the ministry of condemnation, now I know that you may not think the old covenant is a ministry of condemnation, but truly there was no way of escape except for the blood of bulls and goats. And the, and the God we serve made a way for us through the blood of Jesus, and we didn't have to bring a sacrifice tonight. Did it, do any of you have your goat tied up out back? Did you bring a bowl? I mean, because we're, you know, we're having a communion service. No, we don't do that. Why? Because there was a blood of a man who was holy, who had never sinned, who paid the price for all of our sin once. Everybody say once. And so it goes and it says, if that had glory, which it did, the old covenant, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more glory. What did Pastor Elizabeth say tonight? We need to be seeking after the righteousness of God. And that's what this is. For even what is made glorious had no glory in this respect. Even what was made did not because of the glory that excels. This covenant is a better covenant. Everybody say a better covenant. That's why we in the temporary have the victory. The old covenant, they did not have the victory because they did not have the blood of Christ. They did not have the covenant that you have. Then it says, therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. Unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. But their minds were blinded. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament. Because the veil is taken away in Christ. You know, you cannot talk condemnation and talk Jesus. But in the old covenant, you can talk condemnation because there was no way of escape. But in the new covenant, there is. And in the victory that you have over the temporary, you may be the one who caused the bad thing to happen. You may be the one who is guilty, but you have a way of escape. Everybody say a way of escape. See, we can repent and immediately release the victory on our behalf. In the old covenant, they couldn't do that. They could not do that. It's called the law of sin and death. And the new covenant is called the, the life and the liberty. The love of God supports that 
that covenant. Then it goes on and it says, but even to this day when Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Everybody say taken away. So what does that mean? You live in the very presence of God right now. If you know Jesus, because there's no separation, there's no, you don't have to go to the holiest place. I said, when they put up that drape over there and I came in on a Monday, my office is back there. I said, I feel like I'm now in the Holy of Holies or something. And you know, back in the old covenant, if the priest screwed up, he was dead. So thank God for Jesus. Everybody say, thank God for Jesus. Now, if you're a pastor, you can miss it and be okay. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Back then the priest had to, had to do uh, atonement for his sins before he could even do atonement for their sins. And it was, a, it was a huge formality that God through Jesus Christ has removed from us. And so in our everyday life, we have the victory. Everybody say, I have the victory. You know, we have the victory in every situation. It goes on and says, nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is there's what? There's what? What does that mean? Freedom. Freedom from condemnation, freedom from guilt. A lot of people live in the temporary without victory because they feel guilty. They're always looking at what they did wrong. But in the covenant we live in, that's already been taken care of by repentance. Everybody say repentance. We can ask God to forgive us, and the blood of Jesus has taken care of that. And immediately we are released for victory in our temporary situation. That's why, that's why there is restoration. That's why there is reconciliation because of what Jesus did on Calvary. It says, but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed in the same image into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. Now in a minute, I'm going to show you why Jesus came. You know, many of us think Jesus came and this is true. So God could restore us to him. That's, that's true. That's why we can have relationship. A lot of people sing the songs, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we will sing and shout the victory. And then they sit down in their seat, hear the sermon, and go home. And they have no victory. In here we sing, victory is ours. What did we just sing? We win because of you. You know, that might be sacrilegious in some circles, but that's the truth. If you live under the old covenant, there would be question about that. Because who says you could have that? Are you good enough to deserve that? See, if you don't have a revelation of what Jesus did, you live under that old covenant. In the new covenant, we win because of him. We're not shouting about who we are. We're shouting about who he is. And because of who he is, we win. We have the victory. It's not, I mean, we will rejoice in heaven. We'll worship in heaven. But there was much more that Jesus came for. And that's for we, us right here in the earth, for us to have the victory over the temporary. And as I began to look at this, I thought, I'm not doing a real good job in some areas. I mean, I'm not having the victory like I ought to have the victory for God to get the glory that God deserves in situations and circumstances that I face. I think, I think that if we really begin to get a vision of, I can have the victory in this temporary, I will overcome, that then God will be glorified like he's never been glorified before. Isn't there nothing sadder than a Christian who's depressed? 
who tries to tell somebody else, you need Jesus. Now, you know, don't be looking at me. Because God is good. And someday, my life is going to get better. I have a promise. Someday, this is going to be over. And I'll be shouting about it. See, that's not the victory. We have the victory all the time. My husband used to say, every Christian should be smiling all the time. And, you know, I sat right down there and was mad at him. I thought, he's just preaching that because I'm here and he wants to tell me, but he can't tell me at home. So he preaches it. Because I haven't been smiling enough lately. So, you know, he's getting up here and talking about me. And, uh, but, but he believed that. And, you know, I'm, I'm beginning to get a revelation of this, that... We should be shouting the victory all the time because we have victory in the temporary because we live in the temporary and God did not save us to have us sit here and mourn and be sad and sorry till we go to heaven when we get to rejoice. As soon as I get to heaven, I'm going to sing. Well, you sure didn't practice on earth. How are you going to know what to do when you get up here? Hallelujah. Don't get me started. Here we go. Therefore, since we have this ministry, this is Paul talking, but we do too because we are believers. And we have received mercy. We do not lose heart. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's me. I don't lose heart. I don't lose heart. We have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in the craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. How many of you know there are people who do not believe the word of God? How many of you know they're perishing? They're perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and, and ourselves your bondservants for Christ's sake. For it, is the, for it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Verse 7, everybody say important. But we have this treasure, everybody say treasure, in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Now, I want you to turn to Ephesians. I want you to turn to Ephesians, and I'm going to close with this, and I want to show you something. I was reading in Faith to Faith, and, you know, I, I really appreciate Brother Copeland's honesty. You know, he said that, Somebody said, you know, the only reason God sent Jesus was so we could get to heaven and worship him and praise him. And he said, I don't know who started that lie, but that's just a lie. That's not the only reason God saved us. <laughs> you know, Brother Copeland just says what he thinks. But he said he saved us. Yes, we will go to heaven, and we are his children. And he did love us, and the only thing that could save us was Jesus. But he saved us for something more. Everybody say something more. And I want to show you this. It's in Ephesians chapter 2. You know, God has a plan for you, and, and he saved you in the earth, and he didn't just take you to heaven when he saved you because he wants to do something for you in your life right here. Wants, not just wants to use you to touch other people's lives, which that's a part of it too, that we would be the light in the world of Jesus and draw people to him. But there's something else he wanted to do, and I want to show you this. It says in chapter 2 of Ephesians, and you he made alive, everybody say made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Now, if you back up just a little bit before that, he talks about in uh, Ephesians 1, 
He says in 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above principality and power, might and dominion, every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him Jesus to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Now he gave that explanation of who Christ was. And then he immediately, everybody say immediately talked about who we are. Okay. He gave that. He said, he said, I pray that you get a revelation and understand what God has done through Jesus Christ. You know, we celebrate Easter, but if we go away from Easter and we don't get the whole revelation of what God has done, then we'll be the same next year that we will rejoice in what he did, but we don't know really all that we have. Everybody say, I want it all. See, I want victory in the temporary. I'm going to have to live here till Jesus comes or I go out of here in death, which that's the only two ways, I think, unless you found a different one. And, and, and so, uh, you know, I'm going to have to live here and I need to live in victory in my temporary because it's going to be temporary till I see the eternal. And so I've got to know how to do that. And, And this is what Paul says. And you see, he says, this is what he did with Christ and you, he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of power of air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh. See, he knows about us. See, I mean, the word of God describes what we used to be. How many of you know that's true? We walked after what we wanted. And then he says, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, everybody say, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Verse 6, are you ready? And raised us up together and made us sit See, it's, we all know he sat down, but I'm telling you, he made you sit down in the same place spiritually. You are sitting next to him in heavenly places. And why did he do that? Why did he do that in Christ Jesus? That in the ages to come, not when we all get to heaven. This is on the earth. Everybody say on the earth. It says in the ages to come, he might show What does he want to do? He wants to show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. It gives me goosebumps because I know that I shouldn't get to have that, but I get to have it because I'm supposed to have the eyes of my understanding being enlightened. That I might know what is the hope of his calling. See, if you get the whole thing and you read it, he's saying, now listen up, listen up. I'm praying. That's what Paul says. I am praying that you get this. He says, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Nowhere 
in the gospel of Jesus Christ, in the new covenant, are we supposed to be a loser? We have been made winners. And it is for this purpose. Everybody say this purpose. This is what the Bible says. This is why God, God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace. You've been saved. In other words, don't, don't get a big head about it. Had nothing to do with you. This is all about grace. And raised us up together, made us sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? That means every time you get the victory in your temporary, he just showed his grace in the ages to come. You know, we can sing all day, be glorified. But I'm telling you, it needs to be right in the mess you're in. I don't know the mess you're in tonight. But, you know, we all have situations and circumstances that we're not exactly in the natural having the victory. Amen? Am I the only one? Look at you. You're all have it. But, you know, some, you know, this is true. Like when I was raising three kids by myself and divorced and I didn't have enough money, I didn't like that temporary. That was not a good temporary. Pastor John will tell you. You know, I mean, he sold cans to go bowling on Saturday. I mean, bought, took cans and got them all together in a bag, recycle. Mm-hmm. He recycled to get enough money to go bowling. That was not a fun temporary. But I'm telling you, Pastor John stands up here and preaches because he has lived through the temporary. And he had the victory. Not always as happy as he could be about the way we got it. But neither was I. Neither was I. You know, I, I, I had an opportunity. You, you Listen, I will get you a house. And I'll help you do this. And I'll help you do this. And it was everything that I wanted for my children. And God said to me, you can take that or you can follow me. And I said, I'll, I'll take you. I finally wised up. I was really stupid back there. But I finally got it. And I found out in the midst of that old temporary that Jesus loved me more than anybody else. And in that temporary, I found out that if I just say yes to him, I will get the best of everything that God has for me. And he will get the glory. It will manifest his grace. And everything that in my life I have been is because of the grace of God. It's not about me, not about how good I am. I make mistakes just like everybody else. But I recognize that if I get the victory in that temporary, I have seen it. And I have seen the testimony give glory to God. I'm telling you, it's time for the church to get the victory over the temporary. Because we are not a sorry bunch of losers. We are not walking around feeling bad about our life. And you may be here tonight and say, my situation is horrible. Well, I'm telling you, it's about to change. But it will not change till you get the revelation. This is temporary. Subject to change. Now, this is what might have to change. You. I know you thought it was the other person. But I have found out in, almost, in, in every situation, honestly, something had to change in me. I'd like everybody else to change. By golly, if they'd change, my life could be quicker, faster, improved. Because when he has to fix something in me, it takes a while. You guys may get it instantly. But in me, it's a work. Say, I'm a work in progress. See, that at least that's forward. 
You're getting the victory. It's not over. Could you stand with me tonight? We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you have drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.